0: This is the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast. We've got a special edition of the Royal Blue podcast today. I'm your host, Adam Jones, and I'm joined by Jazz Bal and Bren Connolly. Bats, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Jazz. You're you're the uh, the chair of the Everton stakeholder steering group, of course, and. Uh, Ben, you're you're uh, the you're the head of the Everton Heritage Society. Chairman, yeah. Chairman of the Everton Heritage Soci- yeah. Society. So, obviously, we've got an important issue to discuss today. You know, the, the Everton Stakeholder Steering Group, the the fan survey, the fan advisory board. We're gonna we're gonna cover it all over the course of the next half an hour, forty minutes or so. But Jazz, if you want if you want to kick us off uh, with the conversation, you know, talking about what what the ESSG is. Is kind of all about and how it how it came about, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, rewind probably best part of a year now, the, the sort of two failed attempts for um, sort of breakaways, whether that's um, the European Super League or Project Big Picture. Um, and, and that sort of accelerated the um, the, the promised um, government sponsored fan led review of football. And then it was announced sort of mid April last year that that, that was going to sort of uh, kick start. So on the back of that, um, and my other guys as um, sort of head of the fans forum, I, I spoke to the club and, and made it be known that we were keen that we could be involved in this process, certainly on the Evertonian side of the So um So we, um, Denise actually sent out an email to, to all fans asking for anybody who had any strong thoughts about football, the way it's going. Um, and it, it could even be punishments for the, for the, the six teams at the time, etc., just to, to sort of get in touch with myself. Um, And then as well as that, we also conducted a series of workshops um, with sort of formed Everton groups. So um, obviously the Heritage Society, uh, which which Brent's representing today, Um, EDSA, so the Disabled Sports Association. We had the Sports Club Committee. We had um, the Shareholders Association. We had three representations in international fan base. And we also had um, a a, a sort of coalition of groups who are part of the Football Sports Association. So we we conducted these workshops, We, um, we, we, we Looked at all the email feedback and and that we then presented to Tracy Crouch on behalf of Evertonians and also presented to Everton in terms of letting them know what the fan sentiment was at the time. Mm-hmm. That then shaped the um, the, the Everton's, um, Everton survey, the future football survey that, that, that the club pushed out. Um, and that, that attracted 10,000 sort of respondees as well. So basically, that, granted, some of those numbers would be duplicated, but in effect, there's sort of 14, 15,000 fans who were sort of consulted during that whole process. Um, and then on the back of that, um, Denise challenged um, d- the forum um, so the, to 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 go away and, and develop a proposal for how effective fan representation at board level could look. Um, I obviously thought, as, as the chair at the time, I, I thought that was bigger than just the forum. Um, and as we had a, a sort of a full network of these sort of nine groups, and um, we decided to use that um, as the sort of the start of a ten. And um, now that the plan was that we, we'd have these proposals developed within a couple of months, maybe three or four at the sort of outset, but um, it obviously dragged on a little bit longer than that. So we got to the stage in December where we, we finally made our recommendations to the club. And, and there's two different recommendations. One was for um, fan directors with equal voting rights. And the other one was for the creation of a fan advisory board, which would be formally recognized by the club, which could then sort of discuss strategic level issues with the club. Now, um, the, the club would basically turn around now saying that um, there, there will be a seat at board meetings um, what shape that takes is is to be determined still. And that will be the first port of business realistically for the Fan Advisory Board. Um, and the second one was they, they totally acknowledge that the FAN Advisory Board um, could be established and implemented. So within the ESSG, uh, we're now in the process of defining the terms of reference, which basically say the purpose and the structure for this FAN Advisory Board. Um, we will then um, hopefully go through the process of appointing the members of this board. Um, and then that was I suppose that'll be the, the, the end of the SSG and the fan advisory board will take over from there
2: mm-hmm. so that was a
1: um, very sort of a, a quick and uh, a quick sort of surmise on on how we got to where we are at the moment um, one of the the criticisms we got when we were first developing these proposals was that we didn't um consult or give every fan the opportunity to to sort of input to the and situ- um, to the to the con- um, conversation um We'll take that on the chin. Um, emails did come out from the club and whatever else, and it, it, there was an element of ownership for fans to get in touch with us, but regardless, we are where we are now. So Jordan, this next phase where we're putting a bit, um, bit more meat on the bones of the, the terms of reference, that's that's the whole reason for this survey going out at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll
0: we'll come back to the, the fan advisory board in a minute, but Bren, I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, obviously the start of the ESSG and, you know, obviously Jazz has said that, you know, you've been involved right from the start of things and i think he quite rightly mentions you know project big picture and you know the proposed super league sort of uh fallout towards well it was april last year i think that was wasn't it It just seems like seems like only yesterday it was nearly a year ago now but uh you, you know I, I suppose like matters like that really hammer home how important you, you know for every not just everton but for every club uh fan representation really just is key isn't it
2: Absolutely, yes, Adam. Um, I think one of the one of the things I felt a little bit uncomfortable about when we went public was um, I think we came in for a little bit of criticism again around the communications, but particularly uh, around some of the relatively small groups. And the the Heritage Society is a relatively small group, um, around about forty members now. Um, and you know, people I guess queried, how, you know, how can a group of forty people Represents us, but um, one of the main points from the Tracy Crouch report was that heritage was a, a critical area to be protected, and I think we can all remember back. I know certainly Jazz can when um, the, the badge was changed, the Everton badge was changed some years mm-hmm. ago, um, yeah. and, and that led to an awful lot of criticism, and people felt that they weren't involved in those decisions. And you know, further afield. Um, the situation at Cardiff City when new owners came in and, and looked to try to change the, the colour of the, um, the shirt from r- blue to red. So, you know, it, it is an important issue for all supporters and we just hope that we can represent the fan base in, in some of those areas.
0: hmm And I mean, you know, Jazz, like we, we've talked about this uh, last week, I suppose, as well, didn't we? You know, the, the, the fact of having... Like as as wide a representation as possible with Evertonians is is kind of key in, in moving forward from this point onwards, really, isn't it?
1: Um, so so my my world chords are jazz, um, yeah, it, it is for me. <laughs> um, now I've, I've got to be very careful here because we've obviously gone through the consultation process and there's the two there's the two sorts of ends of the spectrum. Um, but certainly, if you look at the other Premier League teams, who have uh, sort of advanced this process a little further. Their, their membership is made up entirely from formed groups as opposed to individuals. Um, now, uh, we're not saying that that's the way to go. Um, we're, we're, we're after the feedback for this, but I think that the, the two sorts of extremes are, um, if there's 11 individuals all, all um, identified through election, that there's there's the potential that they will be 11 individuals uh, speaking on behalf of the entire fan base. Whereas the other end of the spectrum is, if it's 11 foreign bodies, at least there is a larger net that's being cast. So, for example, as Brent mentioned, then um, if there's a seat there for um, the Heritage Society, that's capturing 40. Um, if if it's for Sports club committee, and um, so in terms of domestic sports clubs, there's there's 50 supporters' clubs at the moment who are officially um, affiliated to Everton. So, if if you average each one of them, I don't know, a 50 or a 100, then obviously the the net gets cast further and further. And um, so uh, I think it's um, I think it's very important that, that, that the people on the fan advisory board do speak for more than more, more than one person. In effect, um, to to, to, to drop a, a, a pretty um, pretty succinct tagline that, that's moved around in Liverpool quite a bit: "For the many, not the few," um, mm. and, and, and that that's sort of one end of the spectrum as well. Now, obviously, we haven't decided. Well, we haven't looked at the evidence yet to say whether it should be one or the other or a combination of both. But certainly, all three options are, are on the table at the moment.
0: And mm. I suppose, Bren, that's where it—that's where it kind of brings up a, something of a difficult situation, isn't it? Because we know that the Everton fan base is absolutely huge, and it's you know growing, growing by the day with with uh, the club's exposure in the Premier League. And I mean, you know, to try and to try and have such a small group of people representing such a wide fan base—it's always going to be quite tough, isn't it? And that's why, you know, may, maybe you know. It, it, it's just it's just crucial to get as many fans involved, you know, sharing their thoughts now while while we're going through this process of setting up the fan advisory board and, you know, moving forward into conversations with the club. This is this feels like the the really crucial part, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely, Adam. And that's why we encourage as many people as, as possible to complete the survey, um, get their voices heard and and you know that uh, sets us up in in the future to, to have voices heard even closer to the club. We, you know, we talk about heritage and, and heritage is key, but, um, you know, I'm sure every member of the Heritage Society would love to see us creating some new history with uh, with more trophies on, on the table. So I think anything we can do to uh, help the club in that process, um, obviously we're all for, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I think mean, as yeah. well, it's, it's,
1: not, sorry, it's not just the on-field performance as well. This This is a major change in the way football is, is sort of regulated by the fan base. It, 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 this is going to be the future of That this, this moment in time is when the club have turned around and, and said we will have direct comms for, for, for fans at board level. So uh, I think there's the two sides. There's the on-field piece, where I'm winning trophies, etc. But there's also the, the off, off-field stuff as well. Well,
0: Absolutely. I suppose there's, 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 this is an interesting point to make, isn't it? I mean, I can open this up to either one of you. I mean, I, I know I've seen over the last few years especially on social media we've seen a lot of you know the the fan owned system or the part fan owned system in the bundesliga getting a lot of credit over the last few years and obviously that's a that's, a, that's a, it's a very you know admirable system but you know with the way that the premier league's gone it would just be nigh on impossible i would say to to try and introduce it on these shores but something like this is has got to be seen as a positive step hasn't it and, and you know everton leading the way in this sort of sense also has to be seen as a positive step for a you know if, you, if you're looking quite obviously at a at our fan base sort of thing
2: yeah absolutely Adam yeah yeah it's I mean it's, it's critical um yeah we've got we got to let people have the voice and um you know try to influence some of these decisions both well they're, they're going to be off the field decisions clearly but um you know anything again that can help the club Find a way through some of the issues that we have, and and that will all help to to get in towards the on-field success as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, Jazz, we we've we've mentioned the survey a little bit. I mean, do you want to tell us more a little bit about like the the, the contents of the survey? I mean, we we know it's been sent out to season ticket members, club members, members of a affiliated supporters clubs as well. But if you haven't been sent out the survey, you can you can ask for one to be sent to you, can't you? And you know, it, it's. It, I think it is crucial to get as many people doing that as we possibly can. Really, isn't it? You know, I don't want to keep repeating the same point, but it, it kind of is the point that we need to to hammer home, sort of thing.
1: Well, well, that the, the the worst the worst situation we could be in is a month down the line when I'm saying I wasn't given the opportunity to contribute. Um, ultimately, we the uh, you mentioned the three sort of categories of of um, sort of fans with relationships with the club that the survey's gone out to Uh, but that's all caveated with they had to tick the box for sort of third party comms because even though it was because it was the ssg survey sent on our behalf by the club um due to data protection etc that that, that's that's the way it it basically had to happen and we could have done it ourselves but there's sort of a few different options and you know what it's it's not a very sexy chat but but in effect we would have had to become a legal entity as an ssg um, but as an interim organization that potentially wasn't manageable within the time frame that we wanted to make this happen. So in order to sort of um, ensure the maximum representation and and, and opportunity to to contribute, we decided to go down this way. So um, if if you haven't received an email, um, the the, the best way to do it now is go on the Everton Contact Us page. Um, You need to make sure you fill in all the sort of mandatory fields on there, as well as putting your customer number in the the box that's there for that, as well as putting the SSG survey um, within the subject line as well. Um, press send and then you, you you may get a sort of a stock response saying um, up to 28 days for you for the reply but the majority have had them in, in well less than 12 hours so the, the, there is plenty of time for for this still to go out there um, and, and in terms of the, the content on the survey and um, so it's that the first part's mainly about the role and um, so um, what, what the thoughts about being independent from the club as well as um, given the opportunity for a top three of um, a, a list of options there that, that fans may consider as priority. So some of them could be um, heritage, as, as Brent's mentioned, as well as um, finances, revenue generation, um, sort of strategic vision, um, broader supporter engagement, elevation um, of sort of other routine or operational matchday issues. So th- there's a list on there and, and, and fans got the opportunity to, to, to sort of highlight their top three. And, and then we go on to sort of the more innovative side, I suppose, which is that the composition of the board, and that's where we say um sort of if the, the the two options we explained for um earlier really whether it should be reserved rights for certain groups or not not for all these spaces by the way this is should should there be spaces for reserve groups followed by should there be spaces for individuals um, and then that's explored a little bit further as well so um in terms of if there were going to be individual funds should there be some criteria on there to make sure that we are capturing the full diversity of the some fan base so um examples of that could be um needs to be a season a current season ticket holder it could be somebody who's under 30 um obviously out, out of the three of us on here you're, you're the only one who takes that box but you're <laughs> gonna have a different different match experience than what i have that, mm-hmm. that, that the world has um, you know I and mean? so that that's another um key part because you you guys in the future that the young fans are the ones who are going to see that this all comes to fruition and, and hopefully win many many trophies in the future and um, we could also have fans who want to ensure that we have a a, a woman on the board, on the fan advisory board. So it, it sort of explores that and gives the opportunity for fans to say, yes, we should have some individual um, members on the board. Potentially, they should have no criteria associated or some should have criteria. So it, it's basically just throwing it out there and, and finding out what, the, what the, the consensus is from the full fan base. Um, and then mm-hmm. the sort of the last part of the of the survey is then on about some um, sort of periodicity of meetings, um, one for the um, ESSG to to have their own meetings as well as how often the SSG meets with with Edson football club as well. Um, and then the the, the last bit is sort of a, a sort of free speech box for um any other comments that that mm-hmm. that haven't been asked for in the survey thus far. Well. Mm-hmm. And I suppose,
0: Brent, you know, I think jazz picks up on a good point there you know the, the the future fan advisory board whichever whichever sort of form it takes obviously does have to be you know it's a, its own independent sort of entity separate from you know the the, the board of directors of every football club sort of thing but you know it, it does need to have sort of regular meetings with the club and you know be ensured that they that their say is valued and you know it has some sort of weight in in, in the club's hierarchy so it, it it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting sort of line to try and to try and walk over the over the future, isn't
2: it? It is absolutely, Adam. Yeah, and I think um, again, you sort of hit the nail on the head about the individual representation and the and the group representation. Really, I think you know we would we would look probably, I'll um, certainly consider both options, um, but you know the danger is that. Individuals look after their own interests and maybe don't take into consideration the greater picture. Uh, whereas hopefully, you know, the, the groups can, can do that by consulting with the members. Um, so, as, as we said before, some of the supporters groups are, re- are representing thousands of people and it's important that we, we try to listen to the voices of many people as we can. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: And obviously, you know, sticking with you, it's not just it's not just fans in in Liverpool or even in England, isn't it? You know, Everton have got such a wide fan base now across the world that you, the international supporters need some sort of representation as well. You'd think,
2: uh, absolutely. Again, yeah, we've got uh, representatives uh, on the ESSG from Norway, uh, the US, and, and Asia Pacific. So again, you know, we're trying to take account of all the views, Um and, and that presents its own challenges because the um, you know simple logistical things like trying to get the survey out to people in Asia-Pacific who might not all have an email address that's suitable or even might not understand the language and will need to be translated. So yeah, it all brings logistical issues, but again, it's key that we try to work around those issues to ensure that everybody is able to have a say.
0: Mm. Suppose we've talked a lot about off the pitch jazz, but you know, on the pitch, I think probably we got our biggest example against Leeds of how powerful the fans can still be, and you know, it, it you know, it's 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 got to be the sim- a similar sort of effect off the pitch as it was in for well before and Jordan that Leeds game, really.
1: Yeah, so so that, that, that the atmosphere for that Leeds game was special last night because um, the, there's obviously a, a lot of moving parts behind the scenes and. There's a couple of individuals in the forum who were heavily involved, as well as um, sort of the guys in the Bullings um, and, and uh, the, the originals. I mean, there's, there's lots of people and it just showed what can happen when, when we come together under under one aim. I mean, we we we, had, we, we made that special at Leeds, and, um, well, at Goodson against Leeds. Um, and and the, the more we can replicate that sort of 12-man mentality at Goodson Park and hopefully away as well, which generally the White fans are in good voice. But I, I, I don't Probably stretching into a, a bit of sort of team, mental, um, barriers maybe, in terms of away games at the moment. But we, we saw how powerful it was when fans do come together and get behind the club.
2: And mm-hmm. I think just picking up on that point, Jazz, you, you said we helped that happen, and I know you mean we, the wider Everton support group, not yeah, yeah, the SSG. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. You know, again, because we all we all pull together on these things, and that's more important than ever and that mm. we we try and pull together there's different groups out there with different and similar aims but you know we're all pulling together with the same same aim to make things better for the club.
0: Mm. And Bren, I suppose it puts it puts even more of a highlight on that now when we're seeing such amazing progress at Bramley Moore Dock you know Everton are going to be moving into that new stadium sooner rather than later and you know, the these kinds of these kinds of changes on the pitch with the atmosphere and off the pitch with Stuff like this fan advisory board—it's all going to be key when we're when we're leading up to such a such a monumental and historic change in the club's history.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity, Adam. I think um, you know if you went back ten, maybe even five years, um, people would have loved to have stayed at Goodison. I mean, I'm sure we still would if it was physically possible and, and that might be another debate but you know i certainly don't believe it's physical physically possible to stay at goodison as much as we all love the place so yeah it's a fantastic opportunity to move to a modern facility with with great opportunities for us all mm-hmm.
0: so jazz we're we've got still got a few days left of this of this survey to be completed what are you envisaging is going to happen in the in the immediate aftermath of that
1: survey and maybe looking ahead. Into into the future a little bit. So so yes yeah, so well obviously the the survey closes at the end of the month. But um, we'll, we'll then have to sort of have a look at the responses, um, collate them, and, and then try and form a term of reference um, that, that we feel comfortable does represent the, the general consensus of the fan base who who have completed the survey. And um, once we've done that, we will then um, approach the club and say, look, this this is what. Evertonians have asked for in terms of the, the role, purpose, constitution of the fan advisory board. Um Now, to, to make it work, the, the, which the club are committed to do, um, it needs to, the, the, the terms of reference need to fall within Everton's own articles of association, which basically define how they will operate themselves. So, everything that we ask for, we may not get, um, but that's it, it's working together on this. It's, we're not doing it in isolation, but we've all got the same aim here of, of representing fans and, and moving things forward on for, for the club and for the fans um so that there, there may be a bit of sorts of adjustments in terms of the terms of reference but once that is in place um then the the, the process i suppose will start of um confirming if, if the, the makeup really so if, if there are going to be formed groups which formed groups they are if they are going to be um, individuals how the election process will work um but the, the, the club are, are really supportive of this whole process at the moment. The fact that they've recognised the SSG is massive, the fact that they're, that they're talking about a memorandum of understanding and um, to formalise the relationship between Everton Football Club and the fan advisory board is is, is a clear commitment. So mm-hmm. it, it is going to happen. Um, originally, when we asked for it, we asked for it for the start of next season. and um, that the, the club will come back and challenge us to, to get in place for the end of this season. So at, we're all trying as hard as we can to make this happen by May. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I mean, Bren,
0: I know we talked about, you know, the need for this to all be independent, I suppose, but it, it, it's great to hear about that support from the club, really, isn't it? And recognising that. And, you know, we, we talked about the, crazy, uh, the Tracy Crouch report before and, obviously, Denise Barrett-Baxendale had a big uh, responsibility throughout that sort of process. And, you know, do you think that kind of thing is has been important over, over the last few months?
2: It's been massive, Adam, I think. Um... I go back to the, I think, was it April, I think, when we all received the email from Denise, um, so outspoken against the uh, the moves from the ESL. And, um, you know, I must be honest, I, I almost had a tear in my eye reading that email because I um, think it was so passionate and spoke for all Evertonians, really, in their opposition of the European Super League. Um from the Heritage Society perspective, we've always had massive support from the club. and They allow us to have our uh, meetings in, in the boardroom at the Liver Buildings, uh, and we really value that support. And I know it's a two-way thing. I know they value the support that we give to them. They allow us to have a, a page in, in the programme every home game. Uh, so again, it's yes, it's that balance of independence, but needing the support from the club and again, as as Jazz said, with some of the logistical issues around the survey, you know, it would have been impossible really for us to get that survey out on our own as much as we would have liked to. Um, so again, we really appreciate the support of the club in that, yeah.
0: Mm. And I mean, I, I suppose, Jazz, you know, they're they kind of even looking back towards the, the ESL sort of thing in that, and that sort of response, yeah, you know, as as Brent quite rightly says, I think that power, powerful sort of... Response from Denise. I think Farhad Masjedi gave some sort of powerful response back then as well. I mean, it was just—it was great to see Everton leading the way in that sense. And I know that, I know that Everton probably aren't the only club who are looking to do this sort of fan advisory sort of thing. But it's good to see Everton attempting to lead the way again in this sense, isn't it?
1: Um, absolutely. And and if you look at the the, the teams who have um, sort of progressed a similar um, process they are teams who are involved they they are within the six they they are the teams who who have a lot of bridges to build um don't get me wrong this this may become sort of legislation that there is a shadow board a support advisory board a final advisory board but um on the back of the the tracy crouch report, but realistically that's going to take 18 months two years that the fact that the club will turn around said look let's make this happen at the end of this season and they 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 weren't duty bound to do it it's not like they've got bridges to build like Everton were one of the teams who tried to break away, it's. I, I think that's commendable from the club. But I, I think it's great that um, that that they're they're willing to speak to fans and, and and find out how the fans want it to happen, as opposed to potentially given the given a a construct and saying this this is an organisation that the work is formed and. Um, I mean, it, it, it it's it's been a fan-led process from the start. I suppose is what I'm trying to say, and, and I think that that's key as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: suppose, Brent, yeah, it's been. Well, it's a little bit of an elephant in the room that you know the last couple of months have been, you know, a bit interesting off the pitch to say to say the least for Everton and Avondale, and something like this is a really good way for fans to to come together and really have really have an impact on what the next you know few years, what what the longer term future even of Everton, what 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 that's going to shape up to be like.
2: It, it is, Adam. Yeah, I think um, again we all see. The issues on social media, and again, I'm just re- you know I've been reading a thread today where some somebody puts on a post about the Ukraine, and and Evertonians are even falling out about the Ukraine. Um, so yeah, it's it's more critical than ever that we try and pull together in these things, and that's why we're trying to work with some of the other groups as well um, to to make sure that we can pull together to achieve all the things we all want really. Um, you know, it, it, there's no competition in all of this. It doesn't matter who's first or who's second or who's last, as long as we manage to find a, a, a comprehensive and consistent message of the way we want to move forward. Then that that's that's the the critical thing for me, Adam.
1: Mm, yeah, I, um, I think I think Ben's spot on there. I, I think there's, there's obviously three campaigns that, are, that have been going on um, of late that, that certainly I'm aware of um, that they and what the SSG are trying to do, that we're all trying to tackle different issues, I suppose. But the one thing that we all agree on is we want the best Everton for Evertonians. Yeah. We we may disagree on on how that happens, but ultimately we, we all want the same same end goal, don't we? So yeah. I think that's that's the sort of the key message in terms of let's let's get as much contribution on this as we can because we, we all do want the same aim. Mm. So, well yeah.
0: I think that's something we talked about, isn't it, Jasmine? We, it goes back to what something that I said. Earlier in the podcast, you know, Everton is such a such a huge fan base with such a wealth of different opinions across that fan base. That you know, it, it, you never really—I don't think—you're ever really going to get one campaign which is, you know, every every single fan is going to is going to agree with. So you know, with with things like this, if we get as, as many people possible, uh, given given their their views in this sort of consultation, then it's only going to help and benefit everybody in the future, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, is there, is there anything else you you lads want to uh, want to go over before we wrap this up?
1: Um, potentially just saying that if, if anybody didn't catch the, the 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 way to request a survey, our, our sort of social channels are all open. and um, Whether that's through our Twitter handle at essg eighteen seventy eight, or whether that's through sort of direct email to essg eighteen seventy eight at gmail.com. and um, just reach out to us, We're, we'll give you the information straight away and and hopefully help you. Um, Complete the survey prior to the deadline at the end of the month. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, just yeah. to
0: just to reiterate, that's the 28th of February that the uh, that the survey is going to close, isn't it? And hopefully we'll be we'll be looking to get some sort of uh, terms of reference in place before the before the end of this season. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so well, hopefully beyond that, hopefully the terms of reference should be firmed up and agreed with the club by the end of March and then that gives us the best it. part of six to eight weeks then to to make sure that the, the final advisory board is actually in place by the end of the season.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm sure a little bit further down the line we'll get you back onto the uh, to the Royal Blue podcast and get more updates on this as and when they happen. But lads, thank you very much for joining me and thank you all very much for listening to this special edition of the Royal Blue podcast. We'll see you soon.